0: Welcome, everybody, to another brand-new episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca.
1: Uh, I am Matt Nost, and uh, we're here to do another week of the show. Uh, I can't remember what we based today's topic on.
0: Uh, we were talking about old Hollywood, and I think there's a movie coming out about old Hollywood, and we thought we'd... Uh, kind of explore that uh, and see where you go. Or the Sean Connery passing uh, as well, made us think about the old films from the sixties and fifties. Of course, he kept working all the way into the two thousands, but uh, those kinds of things just got in our heads as well. Uh, but I can take a look real quick on the coming soon. section. We tell me, yeah. We are
1: you know, it's movies about old Hollywood. Right. 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 So we're going for like modern ish movies that are, you know, period pieces kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. But I could swear there was something that you mentioned as we were going through the the slate of movies of the what's getting released technically, like Jungle Land last week.
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Anyway, if you can find it, great.
0: (laughs) I am trying, man.
1: I am trying. I know. I I can't remember. Every time I tried to look up new movie releases, like I couldn't find an updated list, so it had shit that I knew wasn't coming out. Right. It's like, damn it, no.
0: It's nuts now, man. So you just have no idea what's coming out anymore. I, I just assume
1: nothing of of import. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you've got the Kevin Costner film coming out here real soon. We did the Jungle Land one for last week's show. Uh, Nat Wolf has a, another film called Mortal coming out, but uh, it's more of a sci-fi film. Yeah, there's not much uh, coming out. I think maybe it was the Connery thing. we were thinking about old Hollywood or looking at something. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I uh, can't remember. Know. Either way, it's a good. I think it's a good topic. We haven't addressed this topic before, so
1: no, we haven't. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. What about that? Uh, that Connery passing, though. Yeah. Uh, sh- I mean, 90s. I know. I mean, you know. He was. It, he made it to ninety. That's really impressive. Yeah. For a guy that we assume had a good life, you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For the most part, yeah, I would agree with you. And I mean, like it's it's um, the last few years, apparently, according to his uh, wife or girlfriend, he'd been suffering with dementia. So you don't want to see that. No. And so, you know, it's a shame. And his last film was um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, And he had turned down Matrix and Lord of the Rings and thought because those two films had been such massive hits that uh, he should take the next one that came down, and it was terrible. And he just said, "Well, I clearly can't pick good mm. roles or good projects anymore, so I'm out."
1: You know, the deuces. the slight tweak to that. So I had read that mm. he read the script for Matrix and and Lord of the Rings, and he didn't understand either. Yeah. <laughs> That's and he passed true. on him, and they went to be huge. So yeah. the next script that he didn't understand, like on that level, was League of Extraordinary Me- Gentlemen. Right. So he accepted it because of that. And he's like, "Well, the last two, yeah, made a billion dollars a piece. Like, yeah, yeah, I should do the next script that doesn't make sense to me that the studio is excited <laughs> about."
0: Or uh, well culture, Coulterman.
1: Yeah, this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is just—it's not good.
0: No, no. Do you have uh, a favorite? Is is uh, is Hunt for Red October your favorite, Sean Connor?
1: I'd have to look at the overall because probably Last Crusade. Mm. Right. Um,
0: right. Last Crusade, right, right, right Yeah, because you get Hunt You get
1: Yeah, you get Untouchables, you Untouchables. got his James Bond work Yeah I would uh, even throw
0: a Finding Forrester in there in Sure In terms of his performance um, Yeah I, Yeah, I'd have to say Yeah, probably Hunt for Art October is my Favorite because no. he's essentially the lead in that Even though it, it, Baldwin's in it too He's uh, a co-lead, so to speak yeah. Um, but I think Crusade right. is Crusade is the one that has my heart. Like every single scene with him is just so cool, man. He's yeah. just so plays
1: beautifully know. off Harrison Ford and the situation.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's not afraid to be bald, Matt. You know, this was an I issue know. for him wearing hair pieces, you know. Since Highlander he was wearing, or since the 80s, he was wearing hair pieces. But seeing him kind of bald in this, I was like, oh, this is yeah, embracing the fact that he's an older man and he's okay with it.
1: Yeah, there's Highlander. There's the one where he's in the post-apocalyptic codpiece. I've never seen it. I've just oh
0: Zardoz. Yeah, Zardoz.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Outland. That, that penal colony in space where he's yeah. the yeah, sheriff, I, in essence.
0: Yeah, you know, I was uh, saying this uh, on the Cinephiles the other day. Like, I had no idea that that film was a remake of High Noon in space. Mm. so when i saw it again recently just randomly on one of the channels for like 30 minutes it hit me i was like wait a wait a minute and i looked it up and i was like holy shit how did i not catch this before no, you know? i didn't so, yeah we just don't know you watch it. used to me yeah it's so I do like open. that movie though it's yeah
1: not, my recollection is it's not great but mm-hmm. i still enjoyed it thoroughly yeah uh yeah that's a problem he looms so large in our imagination but then you look at the body and it's not as though he had a de niro like right kind of canon of film nothing against them it's just for whatever projects he chose or chose not to do
0: well it's almost better that he didn't right because then he'd end up like pacino and jack and jill or de niro in a number of terribly forgettable films you know i it would have been i mean maybe he comes back for yeah. an epic film like in the hands of like paul thomas anderson or somebody like that but like he could have kept going. Lord knows he probably was, didn't dry up for opportunities. And I'm sure people reached out for years to try to get him to come back um, in the end. But, you know, it's like Hackman. I'm sure people still send shit to Hackman. And he's just like, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it.
1: Yeah, no, he's out. Yeah. It'd be weird, I think, at this point if he came back.
0: Yeah, it'd have to be the right, right project.
1: Well, just knowing that he's so out. Yeah. Because then the expectations of anyone that knows that, it's like, well, that's interesting. So this is the one. Yeah, that brought you back. Come back on and you have expectations then. Oh, you think this is going to be good. Yeah. I hope he's great in it type of yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: situation. Agreed. Agreed. Um, oh, oh, by the way, I figured it out. So it's Mank. Mank is coming out on Netflix this weekend. Oh, okay. And it's about, of course, the writing of Citizen Kane, Joseph Mankiewicz, uh or I'm sorry, Herman Mankiewicz, uh writing uh, Citizen Kane and uh, the argument there between Wells uh, and uh, Mank about who actually wrote it. Uh, so it's a whole thing. And uh, so they're going to explore that with Gary Oldman playing Herman Mankiewicz. Um, and I can't remember who's playing Orson Wells, but it's a who's who of a cast. Amanda Free Charles Dance, and Lily Collins. They dragged out Arliss Howard to play Louis B. Mayer. Hmm. Um, and this guy, Tom Burke, is playing Orson Wells, who I don't know um okay i heard that name before tom burke
1: um not off the top no yeah
0: don't know him yeah. at all
1: wow okay all right hopefully he's great <laughs>
0: yeah I, I i'd like to enjoy that movie to be honest with yeah, you yeah me
1: too i'm looking forward to it something would be nice um yeah that's the perfect okay you want to tell me that this is the type of movie that's in contention yeah it makes sense. I can watch this at home and still get the same effect as a big screen. Right. Did uh, you
0: watch the Chicago seven one?
1: Yeah, I watched that. It's you all like right. It? Yeah. Right. It's, it's got moments where it really seems to be coming together and other points. It seems kind of stitched together. Right. Right. So people,
0: people wanted this thing to dominate for best picture. And I was like, Oh, maybe on a course. year. Yeah. I, in normal year, I wouldn't even consider it this year. Cause there's a dearth of choices. Yeah, maybe, but it wouldn't be my first choice. You know.
1: Although I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was great in it. Oh yeah, he was good. So and was Mark is Mar- really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even Langella was great as the judge. Such he a, was. The, the fact beast. that's true. Yeah. It's even yeah. more nutty if you read the actual stuff that happened. It's even more nutty the shitty pull.
1: Uh, I mean, disallowing the attorney general's testimony. Yeah. Type of you know, bullshit. Just bullshit. <laughs> that on first appeal, the first time it went to appeals court, they struck it down. Yeah. um, That's how easy a fucking lofted pitch that was. You know what I mean? That a yeah. lot of hang time, the batter could square up. That was.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, but yeah, it was all right. I mean, it's uh, it's been tough. I watched like my octopus teacher. It's fine. Oh, what is that one? Uh, it's a documentary. Oh, okay. I felt it was a little slow. Okay. All right. Um, because you know where it's going the whole time, but the ratings are through the roof. I watched uh, The Artist and the Thief. Have you seen that? No. What is that? It's a documentary about this thief that steals this artist's work, and then she goes to hunt him down just to find out, A, where the painting is, but it's more so, uh, who are you, and an exploration of the other individual. Wow. It's interesting. I feel like that one was a little bit too long, too. Okay. Okay. But it it was interesting. Right, right. Um, but it's been a bunch of that. Like I'm, I don't think blown away thus far. But mm. a lot of stuff is being held back. Yeah. Um.
0: I don't know. Which, what I don't know if there's anything that I've seen new.
1: Oh, I, I, I want to watch the Queen's
0: Gambit, that new one that came out with Amy Taylor Joy as a chess sure champion. I want to see that and see if that's any good.
1: Yeah, I'll watch that eventually. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything I'm on
0: top of right now though.
1: Yeah, well, I'm thinking trying to think movie wise anything that's been out over the past six months since mm. this all basically began that it how would you think of mando f1 should we talk about it <gasps> yeah sure spoiler? if you want
0: no i think i think it's been a week if people have an issue we can say like hey if you're watching right now this is spoiler 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 we talked about it for a few minutes
1: yeah and if you're listening spoilers
0: yeah maybe fast forward 10 minutes or something
1: you want to put on a clock on and say 10 we're at 11 yeah. minutes now so at the yeah. 20 minute mark we'll it. be back over to
0: let's do it maybe we can clip it out or something um yeah,
1: sure. and Maybe we purposefully only go seven minutes, and they miss out <laughs> two minutes. of fucking gold. Uh, yeah. So what'd you think? Um, my fear was they were gonna they're gonna do what they did a lot of in season one, okay, which is it turns into a certain chunks episodic TV, right, 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 as opposed to continuing through line type of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But with the boba at the end, I have faith that i mean it was an interesting episode i like yeah. who doesn't love timothy oliphant playing a cowboy oh, or a yeah. sheriff it's apparently the part he was born to play yeah yeah he's uh, so great he is so great It's so dull watching i was like dude his hair is so good
0: yeah oh my so god good right now it's when hair. he took the helmet off you're like oh you motherfucker that's good yeah. hair Just like that it's like it's perfect
1: yeah and he doesn't look perfect And that's how perfect it is. Right. Right. Exactly. It's the right amount of muscle where it's believable, but still looking just breathtaking. You're like, dude, it's interesting because
0: everything is told from his point of view. Like you don't have necessarily independent verification of what he did. The townspeople respect him and, and the bartender respects him, but we don't know a hundred percent what he did to get rid of that mining collective in the town um, we just know that he did, right? You saw some, true. some things, but it's all through his retelling of the story of who he is. And then of sure, course true. he gets involved and they, you know, they do the fight. So clearly he can handle himself. He's capable, he knows how to use the armor, the Mandalorian, and the jetpack. You know, he figured all that out. That was one of the coolest sequences in the episode. Them both using their jetpacks to fight the crate dragon. That was awesome.
1: Um That is super interesting. I had hmm. not thought of that where he's potentially he could be lying. Yes. Yeah. And I, I just took it as a, ah, it's a come with, but if it ends up that Timothy Oliphant comes back and is yeah. twisting the knife later on, it's like, what a great first story. Cause I bought it as this dust off. We're going to bring in a big, you know, a name, yeah. a face, somebody who's going to be perfect for our world type of thing.
0: Yeah. And I think he's going to be back. I don't think he's a one-off at all. I think he'll be, I, I haven't looked at IMDb and seen if there's episodes where he's listed, but I imagine yeah. they wouldn't spoil that necessarily. So but yeah. I, I thought overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the way they came back. They didn't go like they didn't jump into the huge ending plot of the of the yeah. uh, series finale, of season finale of, of last season. You know, there wasn't uh, Moff Gideon. There wasn't the dark saber. None of that stuff was there. It was just basically you know, this is a, uh, you know, he's got something, he's going after something, and now he comes to this town, and he's got to do this thing in this town, so he can ultimately figure out uh, if this Mandalorian person is a real Mandalorian and somebody can rely on, finds out isn't, isn't just wants to get the armor back, gets involved in this, destroys the crate Dragon, uh, and you can tell he's come along as a fighter as well, because in that mm-hmm. first episode of last year, he was dragged all over the place by that uh, creature that he mounted and learned how to ride, so... Uh, it's pretty badass. But do you think it's Boba?
1: It's it's not?
0: I, I don't know 100% if it's Boba Fett. Because Me. according to, uh, real quick, according to the lore and the time, he is 41 years old. Tamora Morrison is 59 years old. It's fine. So, and he's I know he's a clone, and he's a regular aging clone, but he does not look 41 years old. So I'm just, can, I'm not sure 100% that it's Boba.
1: Okay, <laughs> but they do say that that worm thing, would you call it the crepe dragon?
0: Yeah, the great dragon, yeah.
1: Great or crepe? It sounds like you're C- saying crepe, oh my God. Crate, K-R-A-Y-T, C- uh, okay. yeah. So kind of like crete, but crate. Um, yes. Or the word crate. I don't know why I went to the countries. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make a lick of sense, but...
0: It's our review, it it, ladies and
1: gentlemen. <laughs> he lives in an empty Sarlacc pit, and they talk about, well, the only way if, is if you kill it. It's the only way you get it. And then right. later on, not three minutes, four minutes later, whatever the case is. No, no, no. Yeah. no it's I guess that was the second act. And the third act is when right. we see Boba. Yeah. But you know that in the back, like, oh, empty, sar- empty Sarlacc pit. We're on Tatooine. There's Boba Fett's armor. We see Boba at the end. Right. But I do like the idea that Oliphant took it from him and Boba was more than happy to just be dead after living a life of a bounty hunter and a Mando and all that jazz. He just wanted right. a quiet life, and now somebody's out looking for him again. Yeah. That's what I thought we were setting up to. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. I, I made a mistake on, uh, on our Geek Better because I, re- I thought I'd that Boba was not an, not aging like the other clones aged at twice the rate normally. But I mm-hmm. thought he wasn't, but he actually is. He's just a normal aging clone. So that was my I got confused on that. Um, but overall, my point is that I just think I just don't know because, you know, Bob was supposed to be 41 according to the timeline. So but people are like, well, the stomach acid of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Like, well, his yeah, this- armor doesn't look damaged. So was his face exposed
1: to this? They're fucking I space wizards. <laughs> we, I think we can explain away a little bit of aging. It's fucking space. He's carrying around a green top. <laughs> top flames. That's true. And I think adding 10 years to his look, just like, ah, that's what it, that's the digestive juices of a Sarlacc. It does that. It ages a man. <laughs> it ages
0: a man, son.
1: Exactly. Bring it's back Aaron, Mickey. Yeah. He's that little <laughs> yeah. character again. Right. Yeah. Just have him gruff his way through the explanation. Yeah. Resurrection. Exposition <laughs> done. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I like I, to get off yeah. of these arid, uh, planets because mm. what about like mando in a jungle that sounds like fun
0: yeah well uh, look at the prequels right the prequels had all these burgeoning cities all these hustling bustling cities and we haven't really had a lot of that in any of the mandalorian and yeah. then probably not because he's got a you know people hide out in these uh, kind of nondescript oh. areas when they're trying to, when they've got bounties on their heads but still uh, you know, I'd
1: like to, and see they're shooting it on a stage with that big screen behind, yeah. and it's not so. There are limitations as to the scope that they can do, but you right. put them in a different location than arid desert. I realize Western, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we can take the Western else, elsewhere and still get the same vibe if we want to. True, true, uh, Western, but Western's that's fine. Same, right? Yeah, it was it was interesting, and I'm intrigued, so I'm in.
0: Yeah what 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 do you think? Do you, did you have any idea of where we might be going? Do you have any feelings about where we might be going with this? You're just kind of long for the ride, man.
1: You got you to gotta bring back in, uh, what's his name? Giancarlo Esposito. You're
0: right. Muff get in, yeah.
1: So he's coming back round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At which point, I don't know. I, I kind of assumed it would be early in the season. And then they do mm-hmm. kind of duel throughout. Little skirmishes here every couple episodes. Another dust up. And then finally the climactic at the end of. And then maybe he dies, but really it was his boss who was the puppet master. And mm. now, you know, Mando's got to move on to puppet master or whatever the case is. That's what yeah. I mean, the rhythm yeah. of we, what we were going to be doing. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah.
0: I was also curious that Yoda didn't chime in on this one. Baby Yoda didn't chime in. Like he didn't do any didn't kind, kind of, you know, mm. didn't hold anything, you know, didn't.
1: You can't do it every you know. time though.
0: I, it's the thing at the end of the day, right?
1: You gotta. Yeah. It's like you Hulk. Can't, you can't use him every time because he solves right. every problem. Right, exactly. Hulk
0: smash. Um, all right, is that our review?
1: Yep, and a minute <laughs> 10 shy. So what do we want to talk about to, for those people that aren't going to make it back for the next 60 seconds?
0: Um, do you want to see Kenobi? Do you want to see any of these Jedi like, sure. do you think he'll actually meet these Jedi that have been uh, that they're talking about? Oh, being...
1: tie in eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why not? Especially if he's just going to keep stumbling through Tatooine. Mm. Well, you know, Ben Kenobi's around there somewhere.
0: Yeah. True. Right. It's so. The time.
1: Yeah. Ralph, uh, I'm assuming.
0: Well, no. I mean, because uh, this is after Endor. So, if um, I remember, yeah, yeah so he, yeah, so Kenobi's dead.
1: Uh, yeah, especially but, if we already said Boba's lived through the Sarlacc bed. Yeah, ben, right. Ben,
0: but Luke's around. Luke's around. Luke's around. Huh? so would they, they mess around? around? I
1: don't know. They I hope around? so. Could have a reveal? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and it's an easy way for Disney to test drive a Luke. And if people really resonate, then Luke now has another fucking movie. Yeah. After yeah. the promise of we're going to scale back our Disney, it's just like no, you're going to reassess and then redeploy. It's just you're in an army with the con- or a battle with the consuming public, and you're mm-hmm. trying to weaken us at every opportunity. You're good at it, so they're just going to figure out a different way to do it. Yeah. Uh
0: I, I also feel like well, real quick for me, but I also feel like it's a shame that you know Harrison for that they killed off Han. It's a shame Harrison won't come back and do it again. But you've got Alden Ehrenreich sitting out there as your officially young Solo in the canon, and there's no way the Mandalorian doesn't cross paths with Han Solo. There's just no way, and so it could be fun to see an episode with those two uh, at some point. Uh, you know, after the galactic, so after all that stuff's happened, like, where who is, where is Han now? You know, yeah. In terms of like, is has he had been have him and Leia? You know, had children at this point or are they just married? Like, I don't know the timeline with those two,
1: but it but would be interesting. I'm guessing they want to do a a, a do-over.
0: Right, right. Could Han be a place Polo. to try it out. Yeah, with Solo,
1: yeah. Yeah, try out someone else. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> through no fault of his own, I think that was just a bad, it's a jumbled story. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't really feel any connection to any of the characters. I don't blame him for that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, there's yeah, anyway. our review of The Mandalorian.
1: And, um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm ready
0: to, to jump yeah. into the show. What about you? I am, too. We're doing the top ten uh, films about old Hollywood. Matt um, knows how does the show work?
1: Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways to show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one piece. Once we reveal our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, all right. What do you got? I feel 10? like I'm missing some. Okay. All right. So if you have something glaring, then I will potentially loft it onto my list. It sounds 10, good. I have uh, Trumbo.
0: Uh, all right. Not on my list. Not one of my favorites. So uh, it's for his go. performance
1: alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Cranston yeah. is excellent in the movie. The movie is movie's good. Right. You have you know expectations that it'll be better. Right. Um, It's kind of like The Founder. I like The Founder more than I do this. But Keaton is great in it. Just the overall punch of the movie doesn't really land. I don't know, but I found it super interesting and he was engaging. So it's very much the same thing for Trumbo. I think Cranston is worth the watch alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's a different perspective of the Red Scare and McCarthyism going through Hollywood. Right, right. So to see the collateral damage of something like that and the workaround that they come up with. Mm-hmm. And a very unique individual used to write his scripts in the bathtub and do it all kind of in chunk storyboard, but written out storyboard type of thing. And he's moving around pieces and a unique individual. So it's a character exploration on top of the historical aspect. And once again, tune in for Cranston, watch it once. You'll enjoy it. But it's not, you know, yeah. it's not gonna win any awards. It didn't at the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh I I, I enjoy his performance. I think John Goodman is great. Um, uh, And it's an important story to be told. That's why I was hoping we'd have had a better overall film uh, about him. Um, but, uh, you know, because it's an, the idea of the Red Scare and all of that, you know, the idea of people being uh, unfairly vilified or unfairly labeled and having yes. their work uh, be, being taken away from them. This is a very powerful story to tell. I mean, on the waterfront, is essentially that with Elie Kazan directing that. So you would hope you would have hoped they could have done something with Trumbo here a little bit better, but in the end, it is worth it for Cranston for sure. Watch an actor do his thing, man. Um,
1: yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's my ten. If you've never okay. seen Trumbo, it's worth it. Nine yeah. is Hail Caesar. Okay, all yours. Uh, I we re- rewatched it for this uh, episode because yeah. I haven't seen it since the theater, and the only now the only part that really falls apart for me is the Channing Tatum stuff. Okay. But I think I have a little bit better grasp on exactly what they were trying to do in the context of the overall movie, now having seen it twice. Yeah. Uh but everything outside of that, I think is pretty pretty perfect on the casting and acting wise. George Clooney mm-hmm. is great. All the other communists that show up for his oh study God. group are That's fantastic. A great scene. That's it a is great scene as he's like figuring out and then he comes back and talks to Brolin later. And now he's extolling the wisdom of communism type of thing. And it's, you know, it's the actual red scare, the McCarthyism that he was right. worried about. They're infiltrating and then brainwashing people. And so it's a discussion about how ridiculous that is by using a Hollywood star. If you can convince them that quickly, like how vapid and and vacuous an individual yeah. Clooney is, would you like Clooney still. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, uh, this is where the first time that I ever saw the guy that ended up playing, uh, Solo. Oh,
0: yeah. Alden Ehrenreich, yeah.
1: Yeah. I always want to say Ansel Egelhort, or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I know Legally, that, yeah, Yeah, I know that's wrong. though with the detour, just to see Ray Fiennes doing oh, this beautiful comedic acting, there's yeah. one point he walks up and he doesn't know how to express himself, he just this other, does this little sort of, ha! <laughs> <and then laughs> the, and into the explanation. It is so subtle, yeah. but the acting is perfect. It's so comedically... <laughs> spot on <laughs> the frustration
0: of it yeah yeah their
1: interactions <laughs> back and forth josh josh brolin i mean has to play the just the rudder of this entire operation yeah uh, scarlett johansson i thought was a bit much in the theater was yeah. perfect and this yeah. i wish i'd seen just a little bit more of like seeing her go off with jonah hill mm-hmm. jonah hill was great in his it's like all the other but i i understand what they're saying with the channing tatum but it's really jarring yeah yeah but I like floating in and out of all these different sets and dealing with gossip colonists. And it, it worked much better on the second viewing. So oh, hopefully man. it continues to do that.
0: All right. Well, maybe I'll give it another chance, man. I just remember walking out of the theater and absolutely hating it, man. And I was just like, this is, and I don't hate Carl brothers films. I just don't. I and I couldn't believe how much I did not like this one and walked out. and was like, I don't None of These stories connect. It doesn't like, I get they tenuously connected best, uh, but they seem True. like you, like you said, jarring the jumps to their stories. And I'm like, I don't, care about anybody in this whole thing and they, yeah Scarlett's doing her thing she's a she's a good actress now man and she's like she can command a, a, a camera when she needs to and I thought Josh was great as well Tilda Swinton is fantastic as the rival twin yeah, the gossip t- columnists yeah essentially Hedda Hopper and uh, whatever her name is the other one who was the Luella Parsons the, yeah. from back then and so it was great stuff but I just didn't the through line of it all just didn't quite connect I think it works uh, for better. better
1: yeah Wait, second I, time.
0: I would love to have my opinion changed, brother. So I, I will happily watch it. Well, it, it again. went
1: from I walked out going, I need to see it again. Because mm. the, I trust in the Cohen so much. Yeah. That because I don't I didn't love it or fall in love with it or, or understand it fully the first time. And I still the Channing Tatum stuff, you know, it's a nice homage to, but then it becomes the pure symbol of the sailor that's going out to fight whatever war that you I guess would be world war two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he ends up joining the Russians, the communists, but it's this, he is the face of patriotism and all that. And here's <laughs> the scare of communism. Uh, right. I just don't know why they made his character closeted. Uh, yeah. I'm right. assuming he's closeted, but I don't know what right now. I don't know what they're trying to say with that. And I don't think it's, oh, of course he was gay type of thing that there right. has to be some sort of uh, ulterior explanation, something yeah. another depth. I trust the Coens that much, so I will totally watch this again uh, one day. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so cool. that is my nine. Okay,
0: uh, what's your eight?
1: My eight is good night and good luck.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that is a punt for okay. me, uh, just a slight punt, but a punt nonetheless. All right, so what do you uh, got? Uh, cool. All right, at 10, I have uh, Barton Fink. All right, that is a punt. Okay, I'm just not a fan of the movie, man. Um, nine, I have Hollywood Land.
1: Haven't seen it. Thought about oh, watching really? I okay. decided to watch Hail Caesar again instead. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, um, I just, uh, I just like it. I like Ben Affleck in this role. I really enjoy him as George Reeves. Uh, it, Diane Lane is fantastic in this thing as well. Adrian Brody, you know, back when Adrian Brody could land roles that that kind of mattered, you know, and I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's f- f- so. I did not expect this from Ben Affleck at the time when it happened. Right. I just was like, Oh, it's Ben Affleck. Blah, blah. And then you watch it and you're just like blown away about what he's able to do uh, with this character and bring the kind of, and the moment where he's like walking out there to play it for the kids. And that one kid has just kept shooting his gun at him, his toy gun at him. He's just like, man, this is my life. Cause yeah. I mean, I, you know, he had aspirations to be more mm-hmm. people forget. He was in from here to eternity, a couple of the films Um, it's like Shatner, right? Shatner started out in like Judgment of Nuremberg and all these other films of note, took the Star Trek thing, goes, hey, it's a chance to lead a sci-fi show, probably thought it'd be a couple of years, had no idea probably that he was going to be saddled with this character for the rest of his life. And of course he came to terms with it eventually and it became great. But like at the time though, when you're a real actor and you've been trained to be a real actor and you want a chance to show what you can do, and you get, you know, shut off. And, and of course, mm-hmm. there's the stuff with him, with uh, George Reeves, rather, with uh, the, the sexual stuff that what happened and all of the stuff with Hollywood. So you see the dirtiness of Hollywood for real in this movie. And I would encourage you, man, to give it a chance. It's actually a, a good watch. It's not, like, going to blow your socks off, but it's a good watch. And it's one okay. of those quietly good films. Um, and it's really anchored by Affleck's restrained, um, heartbreaking performance um, uh, throughout. You know, so I I just thoroughly enjoy it. And uh if you guys haven't seen it, it's something that you should definitely definitely watch. So um, okay, so then my number eight is Ed Wood.
1: Oh, that's a punt. Really? Okay. It's eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> seven for me is uh, the aviator.
0: Um, okay. Uh yes, a punt.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're still talking about the same movies, roughly, just a completely different order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, six for me is, uh, oh, no, shit, I wrote down the wrong uh, title. I wrote down 21. Mm-hmm. Is that the one, the Ray finds one?
0: But is it? What happens in the
1: film? Uh, it's the scandal of where he got fed the answers. John Turturro plays the Oh, ugly. Quiz Show. We're talking Quiz Show. Show. 21, Ow. I wrote it down. Damn, I didn't even think about that one because it's like that's a TV thing. But, but I guess still, it, if, if we're doing Good Night and Good Luck. Yeah, yeah, fair. That's fair. The the And it's – look, it, Hollywood is also an idea. It's showbiz. Mm-hmm, showbiz. So it can be synonymous with both type of <laughs> – at least in my eyes. Uh, yeah, clearly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, if
0: I, I would have put that on my list if I thought – in fact um, – uh, fuck. all right, yeah, I dude. If, you're, if we're putting quiz show, I will put quiz show on my uh list as well, and I will kick off Barton Frank and have no shame about doing that. All right, go ahead, my man.
1: Um, yeah, it's weird. This seems like a pop culture thing I would have known before the lead up to the movie, but I never mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah, neither did I. Um, and now it seems like everybody knows because there was a movie about it now, but yeah, maybe another 10, 15 years. We have to do this. Hey, quiz show. Do you, did you ever hear about this thing back in the? What was that the 1950s? Uh, did I ever hear about it? No. no I'm just I, like uh, really, but now I'm trying to, to zero in on roughly the decade 1950s that right. it, uh, it actually transpired. Early 60s. Yes,
0: yes, uh, yes. Uh, 1950s. Um, uh, right at the tail end of the 1950s, uh, uh, post World War II, and mm-hmm. this idea of you know, like the waspish life you know so to speak and he represents that uh and the today show was happening all of that so um
1: yeah he's a college professor and he had the right name and the right pedigree and he looked good and he spoke well and here's john tuturo this really smart guy who's got all the rough edges Mm -hmm. from new york itself yeah Uh, and they tell him you know don't worry we'll take care of you type of thing right uh, when they unseated him with ray fines and then ray fines like just how the whole house of cards collapses and why he even wants to do it in the first place it's uh, robert redford did an excellent job
0: mm-hmm. and nobody talks about this film and it's incredibly it's an incredible film. Great performances from Turturro and Fines, And also Rob Morrow, who didn't really get a chance to be that successful yeah. on screen in terms of films. Uh, he's really good. That Boston accent of his, he's like, oh, I don't, but I don't see that. And like the way he kind of delivers things and he this friendship he develops with Ray Fines' character. And then like when he's shocked to find out what Ray Fines has done. And then Ray Fines tries to explain. That's the thing. Yeah. Even at the end, he is still not 100% grasping what he did wrong and being willing to pay the price. He's still trying to worm his way out of it all the way until then. Even the apologies are not as, you know, foundationally real uh, as they should be.
1: But he wanted to confess. He felt guilt. Yeah, yeah. And that was the initial, and then once he saw that the the tidal wave that he created for himself, who's, oh, uh, you know, it's It's fame. Fame is a drug, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, Just a super interesting uh, and quality film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And from Redford, like, I don't know, it's hit and miss on his resume for direction. Yes. When he does it and I like it, I love the living hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And there are others that I think are kind of a snooze. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a distinct film about white privilege, and it's also it makes sense actually what you said, Matt. That it's a Hollywood film because what do a lot of people say when they come out? Oh, I'm not as good looking as that guy or that girl, so I'm not going to get the roles that they get, or I'm yeah. not going to get a shot, I'm not going to get a chance. Meanwhile, Hollywood is littered with people who are not that attractive who are successful uh, on film and television. Uh, it's just a matter of can you get to in a position where your look works for whatever the project is? Yes, and and if you're lucky enough, the project goes for years, and so you're set up but like there's that and and the thing is that's what's working with uh John Torturo's character is he thinks they screwed him over because they wanted to go with a better-looking dude and they fed him the answers as well as feeding Robert Redford the answers and so and when you find out that twist that is awesome like and that so the whole thing that he was fighting for he wasn't he was as un uh, unredeemable person or he was as guilty as ray fines character but in a the different way you
1: know? corruption of fame
0: right because he felt he was valid validated to to go after because you know schnooks like him don't get a shot whereas yeah. the pretty guys will always have shots so you can talk yourself into anything it's, it's still no, it's
1: true yeah of course it's true of course pretty true. people make more money they have yep you know uh better jobs by and large and you know it's, yeah. unfortunately it's the way the world works yeah. You need to tell me that there's not some Latino weather girl who doesn't look amazing. There's got to be one out there that's just like, I want to be a meteorologist, but every yeah. clip I've ever seen is scantily clad and just like, hey, look, that's the that's the brakes. You're like, wow, yeah. this is still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Where are we at? Uh, that was my Six. Okay, so
0: since I adjusted things, uh, I put Good Night and Good Luck at 8 so we can talk about it since Quiz Show is at 7. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, Matt. Uh, George Clooney, fantastic job directing this film. Black and white film, Edward R. Murrow, played by David Strathern, All of that, Robert Downey Jr., such a great cast, Exploring about, exploring what happens during this time in our country's history and how that affects everything going on in the world uh, at the time of the Red Scare and all of that uh, and not wanting to fall into the McCarthyism trap and being one of the rare voices that was willing to risk his career at the status and level he was at to go toe to toe with a Senator of the United States who was rallying people behind his cause, you know?
1: Uh, Yeah. I I mean, most people were just indifferent because it wasn't going to affect them. So that's where McCarthy's power grew from. Mm Mm-hmm just this collective, and then just, he became yeah. the loudest voice in the room. Yeah. Uh, so to have someone stand up to him in this uh, tremendous force that is kind of, it seems like, inevitably going to wash over the country, mm. uh, just a lone voice of reason of, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. You can't yeah. just... And technically, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, freedom of ideas and expression... There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, it. You may not like it, but mm-hmm. they don't have power. So, welcome to a democracy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just to you know, uh, you see that kind of direction from Clooney, mm-hmm. strong, steady hand. Uh, the choice to do it in black and white, uh, because yeah. that was kind of how you experienced stories from that era. But yeah. I like the choice of plus it is to. Most of us looking back, it is a black and white issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a stark contrast. So to do it in that really plays upon yeah, the belief structure that we have now. Yeah. It, it and Strathrin is awesome, just the casting all around. Mm-hmm. Um it's lower because I the rewatchability for me.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Once you get it. Once you watch it one time, you get yeah. it. And it's certainly one you can revisit because, sure. as you said, Clooney does a great job directing. And the cinematography is incredible. The lights and the whites and blacks within the black and white mm-hmm. uh, framing. The shots where he puts the camera, really great. I mean, that shot of Stratherns, even the shot of the smoke uh, as he's talking or as he's smoking. And you're just like, man, that's that's awesome. I know you don't, encourage, you don't encourage smoking, but the look of it, it's incredible. So there's a lot to savor if you go back and watch it over and over again. But you get the gist of the story by the time you are done the first time. So,
1: yeah. And that was your what? Uh, That was my
0: eight. Uh, So, and show being my seven. Six is uh, a Kirk Douglas film called The Bad and the Beautiful. Have you ever seen this film?
1: I have not seen that film.
0: Oh, man. Uh, Matt, if you get a chance, you know, if it comes on one of the TCM or whatever, one of those channels, man, I would encourage you to watch it. It is... Damn, damn good film uh, that says a lot about old Hollywood and current Hollywood as well. Uh, Kirk Douglas plays this son of a mogul who has, and it's, it's got a Citizen Kane vibe to it because uh-huh. everything is told in um, uh, back, a flashback by the people involved in the movie, but not Kirk Douglas.
1: When was it released? 1958, I think. Let me so look it what, up real quick. What Hollywood is it about? It's about... Uh, era? Yeah, you know, it's about the...
0: Um, uh, well, let me see. Maybe it is in the 60s. See, It's in black and white. I know that. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it was released in 52. 52. So um, an unscrupulous movie producer uses an actress, a director, and a writer to achieve success. So it tells... Yeah, yeah, way back... Because it tells the story of him through the last 18 years. Okay. And now, at the beginning of the film, he is like... Uh, he is... Persona non grata in Hollywood. No one wants to work with him. But this old friend of his wants to give him a chance. So one last chance. So he brings in a, a you know an actress who is hot right now, or and then a director who's hot and right and Vincente Minnelli directed this one who's known basically for the musicals he's directed and a couple of things, but so it's pretty fascinating to watch. And so you go back through the 18 years and this actress they hired is an actress that he stepped on early in her career and used her up and whatever. And she's succeeded now. And uh, the producer uh, was, he was terrible to the producer was terrible to the writer. So all of this stuff he did in the past Um, comes back now because the people involved in this movie have had 18 years or a few years of experience where they saw him at the top and now he's at the bottom and has he learned the lesson? And then you see all the terrible things he did to them, but it yielded incredible movies or incredible results or she became a damn good actress because of that experience. So it asks you as you're watching it like, to explore old Hollywood, but also to ask yourself like, was it worth it? And is it okay? Because the results are these incredible classic films. Because he's based on, I think, Selznick. David O. Selznick, the old producer there from back then. Um, and so just, yeah, so just... Anyway, just really, really
1: interesting film
0: okay. about uh, about old Hollywood. So if you haven't seen it, man, I
1: recommend it. True. I just thought uh, this was a show of modern movies about old Hollywood.
0: Well, 18 years to me seems like you know 18 years i could have done the player
1: then on my list under that guys why well because it was 20 some odd years ago and it's a
0: right but it's not about the time period that we're talking about this film is about the time period that we're talking about uh 18 years later right because it's back in the 30s and 40s uh that they're profiling i would think no
1: okay all right yeah all right sure yeah yeah um, oh, so you
0: meant modern movies? Oh, I see what, you, what I your complaint say, like, is. Modern. Well, we said ten movies about old. We said movies about old Hollywood. I
1: didn't. I didn't take yeah, it to yeah, mean it modern. Not, maybe it was just in in my head. I said it. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it was Mank. It was like, oh yeah, a modern movie about old Hollywood. Let's do that. Hmm. Okay. Movies about like that, but it's, oh. it's fine. Eighteen years is conceivable enough if you're doing it today to say,
0: I mean, I can take it off the list. Uh, no, I sure hear what? your point. I hear your point, though. I hear your point how it would stand out. I and mean, I still think about old Hollywood, but okay, that's fine. All right. yeah, I, mean, I mean, I have no problem. All right. You know what? I'll take it off and I'll just put Martin Fink back on at 10. So that's no problem. But uh, to me, that's a movie that is about it, but it's I hear your movie, point. Then. Yeah, I know it is, but I hear your point, uh, how those are all modern move or essentially modern movies. So all yeah. right, cool. no worries. All right. So then Chris shows back up at six. Good night. Good luck at seven. Uh, so we're up to your five, I think.
1: Um all right my number 5 yeah. is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah,
0: where's that on my list? Hold on. That's my Yeah, it's my number 4. So we can talk about it. Yeah. Um
1: it's it actually holds up really well. Yeah? Yes it does. Yes it does. I was excited for it when it came out in theaters. I loved it in the theater. I watched it numerous times afterwards, and I've seen it a few times now over the years and it still is inventive and entertaining as it was you know after i've been watching it for like 10 years yeah uh this the seamless the animation this whole cartoon world here in hollywood that Mm. exists and you can go into but they're just as much as much a part of the fabric and the community as anyone else yeah um super interesting idea really bold for what was that buena vista you know disney's wing production company that does took these kind of swings yeah uh but I think that introduced me to uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Yeah. He is a okay. kid.
0: Yeah. Right. Cause you're old, you're younger than I am by nine years. So I would have seen him already in long, good Friday or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I didn't
1: see that until much, much later. Yeah. And all his heavy stuff. So he was Bob Hoskins and this, and then hook and right. uh, stuff like that. I knew that he had a previous body of work, right? but right. I hadn't seen any of it.
0: Um, did that Denzel film too, Heart Condition.
1: I remember okay. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then outside of what? Christopher Lloyd. I don't think there's another really well, name.
0: Kathleen Turner's voice. Certainly. True. But you're right.
1: I mean. I'm trying to think it, of a human actor. Yeah, let me see. I feel like it's
0: there's maybe some character. There has like, to be. Like the Muppets. You know, throw in those characters. There's uh, actors there.
1: Um. Let's see. Because there's the head of the studio, who dies, and that's where it, you know it all kind of goes sideways.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Joanna Cassidy. Yeah, I guess she's a uh, girlfriend. You know, yeah, she's Blade Runner. Um. Oh my God, Joel Silver's in this thing. I forgot Joel Silver's in this thing. Um, another one. No, you're right. There's really nobody that I see, other than the occasional. Um, character actor but at the time but yeah no it really isn't so interesting but a lot of people doing voices certainly from the voice over world that's for sure so yeah,
1: yeah. back when a time where if that was made now all of those would have been celebrities
0: yes true and it, it I don't
1: is. think it makes for as immersive a movie personally yeah yeah because then you start visualizing on occasion the actor saying the line as opposed to just watching the character on screen that's a good point it's good. Uh, yeah so i prefer that but all kinds of stupid things i learned mm-hmm. like so the animation they had to get hoskins whenever he grabbed roger to mm-hmm. do it with you know his fingers tightly held together because so like if you don't we have to animate in between every one of your fingers <sighs> and that adds time to every frame we have to animate so please right. when you grab roger do something <laughs> with any cartoon whether it's the gun thing with those bullets
0: yeah, all Word right.
1: Mat, make sure your fingers are as cl- tight together as they have to be at all times. Yes. <laughs> and just the care they put into when the they dunk the weasel. It's early on. They all break into the bar and they're trying to find Roger.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but he dunks his head in the sink with all the dishes and comes up and spits it. I watched the behind the scenes on how they did that and they made this little animatronic and then just animated over the top of it wow. on the cell and stuff. Wow. It's like oh, it's, I mean, so much choreography. You have to stick to the script. Like, There's a ton of work went into it, and it really translates on the screen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I like it, too. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> That's what you had to say for your number four? Yeah, I like it, too. No, I was I was chiming in with everything. Here's what I'll add. I think Charles Fleischer does a great job voicing over Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Kathleen Turner is sexy as hell as the voice of Jessica Rabbit. So many people still... So many women still dress up as Jessica Rabbit for Halloween or cosplay as Jessica Rabbit at Comic Con. It's still a character that's iconic for a lot of people. And you're right, the film still holds up. People love, uh, it. and Christopher Lloyd's great. But everybody, all the characters. I mean, it's almost like what Sh- Shrek kind of took this a little bit. You know, you know how they had all these fairy tale characters show up mm-hmm. in uh, in Shrek. It was. It's almost like the motto was built here. Of what they were going. And if you want to go all the way back to Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes as well. You know they'd have some Looney Tunes where they bring in famous, yeah, you know, Humphrey Bogart and other people would be part of their Hollywood yeah. Canteen episodes. But you look at something like this. This is laying the groundwork for what you're going to see in Shrek later, bringing in all those characters. So you yeah. see that throughout the movie. And that's what's fun too. You're watching. You're picking out who the animated people are. And it's a great. It's a great uh, noir. It's a great detective story. Uh, and it's believable. You know, and everything that they try to do with Melissa McCarthy's movie with the puppets. They succeeded here in Roger Rabbit, and you would have and you would have liked them to have succeeded with the puppets, yeah. but they but didn't the, quite get there. You know? Puppets
1: are going for a crasser. <laughs> yeah, that's for I think sure. that's a tough. That's a tougher thing to land overall to have yeah. any kind of connection and resonance with the characters to to create a something that that you connected with. Right, right. There's okay. another little fun fact about it. So Disney owns Buena Vista. Reached out to Warner Brothers and said we'd like to put Bugs in the movie, and yeah. Warner Brothers came back and said you can have him, but he gets as much screen time as Mickey. And Disney <laughs> said, fair enough. So that's why they're, it's only them together when he's falling and they, they pay, they have parachutes on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they're in the, the frame, you know, the scene for as long together. And they parachute out. Uh, I love when I read that, I was like, good for you Warner. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, Disney has the better, you know, obviously uh, canon, so to speak. Mm. But, Bugs to me is superior to Mickey by about seven billion percent.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I love Bugs Bunny more than Mickey Mouse yeah. for sure. Um, Nothing wrong with Mickey Mouse. Just exactly.
1: Know. Had you asked for Daffy, much it would piss Daffy off that he doesn't get as much screen time as Mickey. You can right. put him on for a second if you want to. and they did. Yeah, they did. You know this little, yeah, moving pianos thing. <laughs>
0: the doing pianos thing was fun. It's I like great. that. Um. Okay. So that's your number five. Correct. My number four. So my number five is the punt from earlier. Av the aviator. Oh no! Did you? Yeah, the aviator. A-B- yeah, Did you put? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have, my estimation for this film has grown exponentially over the last twenty years as I've watched it over and over. Or was uh, last few uh, like ten years? I guess fifteen years. Everything's to come out. Every time I catch it, even on TNT when it's cut up in those commercials i find myself enjoying it more and more the performance that dicaprio gave more and more because at the time i thought it was a young kid trying to play an adult right i didn't 100 percent believe it but now when i watch it i'm really invested in what he's doing invested in his um deterioration uh, as he uh can't stop himself with this thing he has the repetitive nature of the thing he has he can't make it stop and you see the pain and the frustration and the um, how, what do you want to say his inability to be able to control it uh, and how that permeates uh, through who he is you know throughout and at the beginning you know it's almost like Bruce Wayne going in reverse like you know Bruce Wayne is so cool and he's so cool as Howard Hughes the whole time beautiful starlets all these women he dates the back and forth with Catherine Hepburn stuff with Kate Beckinsale um, as Ava Gardner all of that and then it slowly deteriorates, right? Or maybe the comparison isn't right. Maybe Goodfellas is right, where you see him become this huge mogul and take on Alan Alda, take on the Senate, blah, 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 have his moment in the sun. And the whole time he's fighting off this other thing that's bubbling under the surface. And then eventually he can't fight it anymore. And his uh, the film ends with him just like kind of saying it over and over again into the mirror, uh, and he can't get past it. And you're just like, oh my God, man, what a sad thing to see happen and so it just for me i think it's a very very well directed film by scorsese and i really enjoy his performance a lot
1: perhaps i um need to see it again you know sometime soon because mm. last i remember it was roughly that there are moments when it works uh, exceedingly well for me and others where it doesn't yeah but okay. i still respect the overall kind of achievement so right right because uh, you can tell the amount of attention, attention to detail, and all the actors put in their time trying to cra- craft, you know, variations of real people, which is difficult. Yep. Especially some of them that loom large. When you got to do Hepburn, like, oh, yeah, Kate Blanchett kills it. Mm-hmm. But that is so impossible to do. She's great in it. I love yeah. that airplane scene with her. Uh, he does the crash landing. Yeah. in the hills. Yeah, is it Beverly Hills or Santa Monica? It's Beverly Hills, isn't
0: it? I think it's Beverly Hills. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, with the landing gear, goes into the terracotta roof mm-hmm. and just starts chunking out. Like, mm-hmm. this fucking happened. That is crazy. In wow yeah. Hills? Wow. So yeah. uh, much money doesn't even fucking matter.
0: Right. And the fierce devotion that he was able to acquire from these women, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn and Ava uh, Gardner being the two most uh, notable ones in the movie, but they were dedicated to him to take care of him remember when he has to go to the senate she's the one that finally drags him out of the room Mm. uh ava gardner does and you know god he must smell and the room must smell but she cleans him up shaves him gets him into that suit and gets him out there you know and so it's just like that's the level of of love and care he was able to engender in these people who would normally you know it's hollywood you know so pretty incredible
1: yeah, I would recast Gwen Stefani. But uh,
0: yeah. No, yeah. yeah. She's no actress, man.
1: No. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: that was your five?
0: Oh, yes. That's my five. And we said my four was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So what's your four?
1: My four is the punt from you, uh, Barton Fink. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, man.
0: It's uh, all you, dude. I don't know if I can much, add much. Go ahead.
1: I, so this is another one. This is why I knew I'd need to give Hail Caesar another shot because now Barton Fink has become that where Mm -hmm. I walked out of it the first time going, okay, okay, I'm not entirely sure. Like the John Goodman pivot twist at the very end. Yeah. It's engaging as all hell and and it's a feast for the eyes, so to speak. Yeah. And you understand what he is supposed to represent, but now – I think it helps color your perception of then going back when you rewatch understanding how Barton's character ends up in that place. And then you watch it again, you get even more subtleties over and over and over again, the corruption of, of Hollywood and people willing to sell their souls just to make it in this business. And, uh, you know, never meet your heroes when he meets uh, Mahoney. Right. 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 Nothing to the estimation or calculus that he created in his head for him. Uh, Just all these little road marks, uh Along the way to where I think it makes a more satisfying conclusion yeah. now, because i've seen it several times right uh, wow. and I think it also helped expand to me the quirkiness of the Cohens world without being quirky, yeah, you know what I mean they have it's not like Wes Anderson where it's quirky that's the 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 heart of quirky the epicenter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it that is his style and his choice right. And Cohen's just their Venn diagram crosses over a little bit, but to have it be that and also be authentic at least to me yeah um it it helped me i think it its it helps me appreciate even more of the diversity of work that they've done because it's in the sequence with like Miller's crossing and yeah. amazing Arizona comes after this i right. believe right uh, but the slow progression as they grow into their own and their confidence mm-hmm. and, uh yeah, I just find. Barton Fink, very re- rewatchable. I think Hail Caesar could maybe through time overtake it because it's got more humor in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but right now, Barton Fink's a more visually engaging movie I yeah. Think, overall.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Uh, it's just, it's it never, it's never connected with me, man. And I've tried, I've watched it three times. I've tried so hard to like this movie. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't connect to me. Maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't connect to writers. Maybe I don't connect to that journey. It just isn't for me. And I don't find him appealing. I find it too fantastical at times. Um, And at times it veers into the, look how smart we are. And I just, I get that vibe from it. And and maybe I'm sure it's not intended, but it's just how I feel when I watch it. And Mm no matter how many times I try to watch it and, you know, get past that. I can't yet. I fucking, I love the Coen brothers. So it's just like, it's just for whatever reason, it's one of those films. Same thing with Bottle Rocket. I just I do not like Bottle Rocket. It doesn't do a fucking thing for me. But some people love it. They swear by it. And just I don't know, for whatever reason, and I think Tortura delivers a great performance. I think uh, uh, John Goodman is great. You would think yep. I would like it because he's hired to write a pro wrestling film. But for whatever reason, it just the 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 the, the way this it's shot, the scenes, the dialogue, all of it.
1: It's just a um, slow build. Yeah,
0: well, I don't really mind a slow build. build. It's just it just doesn't work. Yeah, well, me. if you don't like the payoff, then yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at the end I didn't. So
1: um That's all right. my four. Okay. My three is another punt from you, Ed Wood. Okay. Really? I'm shocked. It was Barton <laughs> Fink, I could understand, but Ed Wood is Yeah. It's way basically when it's cemented, like, man, Johnny Depp can really take some swings. True. And is True. more than willing to just try. Much like now Jake Gyllenhaal. Just like I believe he is going to do something um interesting, even if I don't care for the movie as a whole, type of deal. Although I can't think of anything yeah. hall's put out as of late that I haven't really enjoyed. Anyway, uh yeah. Ed Wood, what a quirky little story. I've still never seen Plan Nine from Outer Space.
0: Oh yeah. You still haven't. You will, and no. you won't, I'm sure you never will. Why hey, would you? you?
1: If it was on somewhere, I'm not against watching it, but it never in a million years do I think. You know what I need to see is what at one point was considered the worst movie ever made. Right. Uh, but what I, if Ed Wood was really like that, just this perennial optimist. Ah. Yeah, it's, just, it's always. It's always, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Well, we can only go up. Yeah. Uh, he's speaking to someone about the box office, he has that kind of sentiment. He's making all those phone calls. Just the pluckiness. This dude is going to do it. He's going to do it on his yeah. own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, earn- and you like him for it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Sometimes that earnestness rubs you the wrong way. And just like, ah, yeah, I don't know, you seem like a Boy Scout, but he's such a weirdo. Hmm. And I don't say that derogatorily. Right, right. Right. Yeah. He's just eccentric in so many different ways. I mean, look at the people that he surrounds him with—a pro wrestler, uh, the right. early precursor to Elvira, fellow um, right, right. Legosi who's strung out on heroin. Oh,
0: Landell's great in that role.
1: Oh, he's so good. Um, yeah. He likes to to wear women's clothing. <laughs> no surprise.
0: Uh, yeah, that's why Sarah Jessica Parker couldn't take Like you said, there are some people who like it, some people who don't. Sarah Jessica Parker couldn't take it. Yep. Life, Patricia particular Arquette comes in, she does a great job, you know, kind of playing someone who oh. accepts him for who he is. You
1: know? Bill Murray steals everything. Oh, yeah,
0: of course he does. Course
1: Effortlessly, he does. though. Right. He's created this really out gay guy for going to Mexico for a gender reassignment surgery. Yeah, <laughs> Sure. Uh, <laughs> but that's those are Ed Wood's friends. So it makes him weird, eccentric, different, unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I just find that film endlessly fun, mm-hmm. uh, endlessly rewatchable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Depp could do something like that and then turn around and be the menacing threat in Black Mass. or Yeah, yeah. Good point. A, a joyous, lovable, you know, scoundrel in Pirates. Yeah. And turn around. Just, it, he's had a hell of a career yeah uh yeah so that's why it makes it up to my three okay
0: um okay so then my three um and the only thing i'll say about edward is this i i love all the performances in it um but the reason it's low on my list is because if you laid out all let's say where it's at eight right if you laid out all mm-hmm. of the top eight films right now edward would be the eighth film i would choose to watch in my film in my list and that's why it's where it is it doesn't denigrate the film in any way shape or form i love the performances and d'onofrio's orson wells is one of the most genuinely perfect orson wells i've ever seen on screen that scene with him in the diner yeah. is incredible uh, and so like i just I, I enjoy there are many scenes i mean the scene at the end with him and landau when he's like i'm sorry Ed, i just can't and when he's like so broken because his addiction has oh. controlled him it's just like heartbreaking to watch
1: but when he's He's all lethargic. and yeah. he's Like I just oh. need to take a nap. And he comes back from his nap, aka shooting up. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, hey!" hey. He's just, oh man.
0: And, and Ed, Ed Ed knows. He's like, "There's there's no way out. There's no way talking about this. He needs this, yeah. and it's over now." Yeah, and, but he you also know. cares about him. Right. Exactly. And and that's the thing. At the end of the day, for him, you know, the the relationship went that direction. So there's a lot there's a lot to enjoy about the movie. It's just you know, I don't run to put it on uh because i you know i guess because i don't like those kinds of movies like not the ed wood movie it's up with the movies he's making within the movies so i don't find myself wanting to put it on so um all right so then my number three is uh la confidential
1: okay that's my number two okay okay i i don't know matt we, we might have to battle
0: over these uh top two because of what you brought up earlier so we'll see we'll see i, I don't think i'm budging on them but we'll see um yeah so la confidential we've talked about it uh ad nauseum on the show for sure uh right oh sorry if
1: people want to question why is it hollywood a spacey works on the set of a cop tv show right so he's uh uh, you know the expert that they call in to make sure that they're getting all the phrasing right and all that jazz yeah and then there's also the call girl side that are made up to be like movie stars through plastic surgery and whatnot that was part of Hollywood. So once again, Hollywood is show business. is all these other things, right? Because you got the Danny DeVito gossip monger talking about, you know, oh, what the, this, so and so breaking, breaking. But he doesn't right. talk like that. But that—that's kind of <laughs> at ethos. Yeah. Uh, Plus the um,
0: the crime in the movie, the main crime in the movie occurs in Hollywood, so it counts. It all counts.
1: So. Did I thought it was like uh, mid Wilshire, Koreatown in my mind.
0: is where that crime took place that's hollywood to me man
1: well that's not hollywood though that's that's mid-wilshire where do you put
0: where do you put hollywood
1: hollywood is hollywood and west where
0: oh where's hollywood where does it begin where does it end
1: well technically i've uh, never
0: put hollywood on my address and i lived right by the grove it was always los angeles
1: sure because hollywood doesn't exist
0: but hollywood doesn't exist there is no hollywood california
1: Technically, there is from basically like what is it? It's either Vermont, it's it's Virgil off of sunset. It's Virgil to uh, where's the cutoff when you get into West Hollywood? Like, Uh so that's Hollywood proper. Santa
0: Monica Boulevard, I think. And uh... it had
1: to be a north south demarcating when it runs into. So is it Highland or is it uh, Uh Fairfax? Yeah. Anyway, it's there to there, north to the hills. South to, I'm not sure what the cutoff would be. There, I think you're a little bit more flexible. Hmm. Santa Monica, Melrose, maybe Beverly. But I think that's the box of technically okay. Hollywood.
0: Because I lived in, uh, I lived right by Hollywood Boulevard and I still had to put Holly, uh, Los Angeles on my address.
1: True. Because West Hollywood is the only. Yeah. area that you could do that with because it's its own township within it the is. city of los angeles right right like i live in silver lake but i put los angeles right right okay uh, but right. i don't know maybe that does include and i always in my head i don't know where that actually went down though so it totally could have yeah. been in hollywood
0: well close enough to hollywood i guess yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I'll constitute it that way that's fair we'll share that's everything. What i was just
1: asking it was like oh, where in hollywood because i yeah. I thought it was a little bit further south like hollywood adjacent yeah of yeah. the actual physical location but yeah yeah, I'll give that, give that to you it was a murder that yeah. happened in Hollywood Yeah, and it was a much smaller town at that point
0: yeah true very true a much smaller town absolutely Yeah,
1: still huge but a smaller yeah. town
0: it's great I mean it's great Curtis Hanson the late, great Curtis Hanson directing a fantastic film uh, I just think just, I don't know what other adjective I can use to describe their acting just uh, revelatory I guess because mm-hmm. you hadn't seen Russell Crowe play a character like this and he is yeah scary as hell for the american audiences i'm sure australian audiences have seen him play some tough tough characters and then guy pierce sliding in uh doing his thing kim Bassinger, like really getting redeemed uh, and then winning an oscar david Strathern again um and all the extras i'm oh, not extras, sorry all the other character actors that are playing the fellow cops um Great casting, larger dudes. You know, uh, you know, the, the shirts just bouncing out. Their way of speaking, the brusque nature of them, all of that uh, works so well. And then, of course, balanced out by Spacey's almost effortless, cool guy cop. He's almost a cop like—I don't know what you call it—but he's almost like a cop for fun, you know. And uh, mm. and then he has that crisis of conscience. When uh what's his face dies from the mental Simon Baker dies, um, and has to kind of explore that and of course what it leads to. James Cromwell's oh, just great as the villain. And yeah, yes. Um, and uh, that scene with him and where they're beating Danny DeVito, oh my god, man. It is just brutal, brutal stuff. Um and the score is incredible, Matt. That score as well, just totally evokes that
1: era so well. Yeah, top to bottom. It's a classic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. All
1: right. So um, you have it too then.
0: I, I, and once again, it's, uh, my number two is Singing in the Rain.
1: Well, we had, so when we talked about it, you're like, yeah. well, you had mentioned that. and That's, that's yeah. a movie about silent films, right? Right.
0: Silent films. Yes.
1: So that, I think technically, although okay. if you want to call Singing in the Rain modern in the era, it's talking about what, 20 years before, but, but right. recall, it is talking about an older Hollywood.
0: Right. Right.
1: right. Um. It's fine. You can put back on the Kirk Douglas too. I don't
0: you know <laughs> I'm know, I know, but I'm trying to, talk about I'm it. Trying to figure this out. Topic. Okay. All right. So singing in the rain, one of my favorite musicals ever, you know, Gene Kelly, uh, Debbie Reynolds, Donald O'Connor. If you haven't seen this one, you need to see this one. It's directed by both Stanley Donen and uh, Gene Kelly. I think I'm correct on that. I'm pretty. I keep, I keep forgetting as I get older, more things slip out of my brain, which is a miracle. I'm still in the shmona, to be honest with you. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's Gene Kelly and Stanley Donen together uh, directing this film. Uh, but yeah, about uh, a time in the uh, uh, silent era when they transition into uh, speaking films, uh, and what that did to so many actors. Uh, you know, killed so many careers. Killed so many studios. Uh, uh, this is written and uh, the lyrics are done. The screenplay and the lyrics by Betty Comden and Adolph Green, who are legendary for doing incredible musicals on stage in Broadway in the on the in the forties, fifties, and sixties, uh, and of course r- writing some musicals as well, movie musicals. Um, and this is considered like a lot of people consider this the greatest greatest musical ever made. Uh, Sid Charisse has a highlighted role. Not a cameo because it's longer than a cameo. She doesn't speak, but in the dance sequence near the end of the movie, um, which is called uh, Broadway Melody, she is uh, uh, the main dancer in that. Uh, of course, Gene Hagen is fantastic as Lena Lamont with that voice of hers. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, Rita Moreno's in the movie as well. So you know, uh, Latina actress doing her thing. Throughout. So, but it's a great – if you haven't seen it, it still holds up, and uh, t- t- TCM now has the 4K copy. So if you have an HD television and uh, HD uh, whatever streaming thing you have, you can watch Singing in the Rain. as clear and beautiful It was as it was meant to be watched. All the m- movie music – all the numbers still work. The joy and the exuberance throughout the movie is incredible, even though they're talking about a transitioning time uh, when people lost their jobs and people lost uh, careers in Hollywood. Um, and juxtaposed with this love story going on between Debbie Reynolds and uh, Gene Kelly. And, of course, the masterful Singing in the Rain musical number, which took forever to shoot. Gene Kelly, I think, wore wore out seven or eight wool suits because uh, the rain kept shrinking the suits through the takes. So you had to put on a different suit every time. Um, and I think they mixed milk with the rain to give it that white uh, look when it was on <laughs> – uh, camera so a lot to a lot to explore if you haven't explored singing around there's a fantastic huge box set that came out a few years ago to celebrate uh its 50th anniversary i believe or maybe it's 60th anniversary yeah um that if you have our 50 60th anniversary I think. if you haven't got it yet you gotta get it because uh, if you're a fan of musicals or a fan of classic films it's definitely one to put in there so
1: all right there you go that's why i talking about it uh so that was your two yep uh my number one is once upon a time in hollywood
0: yeah, that's a great choice. That's my number one as well, man. Uh, fantastic film. Let's was
1: because when you said, uh, I, I thought you were intimating that both your top two were like singing in the rain. And I was like, oh, what's another one? I didn't no, know. No, no. I couldn't think of another one, but.
0: No, Sunset Boulevard would have been the other one, but I didn't uh, in the end, I didn't put it on there. So, yeah, that was one I kicked around about uh, and didn't put on.
1: But, yeah, um, I just rewatched it apropos of nothing like a week ago.
0: Which one, Sunset or Once Upon a Time? Once Upon a Time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to just oh, okay, it's been long enough, and I just wanted to start at the beginning. And right, it's so good. Yeah, man, it's so good. I love all of it. Even when people think their feeling is that it falls apart in the third act, I think it's like, how else do you end this fantastical story? Of mm. of course, you ended something really over the top like this. Right. Uh, now, you know, I don't get as giddy. When the flamethrower comes out as I did the first time seeing it in the theater <laughs> because about 15 seconds before I saw it, 20 seconds. I was like, Oh dude, he's going to do the flamethrower. Flame oh, flamethrower! <laughs> just like a dog. That's all I could focus on. And then we brought it out. My internally, I was just like, yes, yes, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, but I couldn't, I was, you know, I'm still on the seat of my pants waiting for him to get to the set, to do yeah. the interactions with the little girl and with fans and him in the trailer I still prefer DiCaprio's performance in this over Pitt's. It's nothing against Pitt; I just find myself more engaged with that character and what it's, what he's going through. Right. Uh, and I still don't get the, I mean, I get the, why people are upset with the Bruce Lee, but it's, it's his fantasy. It didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't happen. Right. He's daydreaming a bullshit reason as to why he's now not able to work with that, which is he kicked Bruce Lee's ass. Right. Like, you know, it's a child's response. Hmm. Um. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I think. Uh, I still think he. I still think he. I, get, of course. I and I defended that as well. I said, you know, it's his, it's Pitt's uh, fantasy of beating up Bruce Lee. I think now, in retrospect, I think Tarantino, if he had done another scene where you see Bruce Lee making fun of Pitt and denigrating him, uh, that would have balanced it out. You know, because in real life, then you show no. He's actually, you know, uh, lesser yeah, than Lee.
1: Oh, you're saying Brad Pitt was a dick to Bruce Lee?
0: Yeah, if Brad Pitt was the dick okay. in real life to Bruce Lee,
1: Bruce you know? Lee, and then that way Bruce Lee had it coming. I was like, oh, that's no, no, I'd no, dialing no. on. No, I think no. when he throws Bruce Lee into a car and it crumples the side of the car, and Bruce Lee instantly jumps up and does a shimmy and yeah. shakes it off, you could tell that this is a fucking fantasy. This did not right. happen. Right. You don't throw people into cars <laughs> caving in both doors. And mind you, this is a car in the sixties, which means it's made out of fucking steel. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me throwing a human body into a crumpled like that. And the dude instantly bounces up and does a little shimmy with the shoulders and is ready to fight the <laughs> just right back into it. It's like, this didn't happen. None of this right. happened. Right. Um, but yeah, you know,
0: but Margot Robbie is great for the limited amount of screen time that she gets. Um, you know he gets a lot of. Uh, really, I mean, Damian Lewis really does look like Steve McQueen, uh, in the the few seconds boy. he's on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and the scene in the with uh, the Manson family is pretty creepy, man.
1: Um, oh yeah. You know. When he's uh, oh, you're up at you know the the girl at hitching. Yeah, I'm up at the, I can't remember the the whatever ranch, and yeah. he's like the something movie ranch, and she's like, yeah, you know, and then kind of like. What the? It's it's such a great way to bring him into the story. Yeah,
0: yeah the way you yeah, get yeah.
1: into the Mansons and they're sc- you know copping a squat. Yeah, all these kids. We punches that dude. Oh, dude! It, it is pure primal Oof. jungle, right? Or African Sahara mentality of like, no, I am <laughs> the alpha. I am establishing dominance in right. this area. Cause they're all cocky. Cause they think they got strength in numbers. It's basically the equivalent of how many 12 year, uh, year olds mm-hmm. boys do you think you could take down if they were just coming at you in waves before they overtook you? You ever been posed <laughs> that question? How many think you could take? Um, uh, now? Yeah. How,
0: well, wait, how old are we talking coming after me?
1: They're 12. They're all 12. It's an endless wave of 12 year olds. You've never been posited this before? Like some stupid oh. guy question. No, it's the equivalent of would you rather take on a, a horse-sized duck or a flock of you know duck-sized horses? Type of.
0: <laughs> I think. In, I think. And in, in now I could maybe take on twenty to thirty before I finally succumb because I'm, I'm phenomenally out of shape. But uh, five years ago, when I'm still doing CrossFit, or seven years ago, I'm still doing CrossFit. I probably could have taken on fifty to eighty twelve year olds.
1: I know that's what everybody's number is that. You know what I mean? Twelve <laughs> year olds? Well, first, that my favorite Wham! exactly. Somebody said the same thing one time, which is like you you crush the first one. So all the others are kind of hesitant at this point. <laughs>
0: you. you show them you mean business.
1: Yeah. Show them the first one, like this is what's gonna happen. Because numbers is all they have, they don't have the musculature and strength to do. Unless they just sneak in like the perfect, you know, uh, Raheem Morris on Lennox Lewis, just it was the perfect shot. Yeah, I do not think he beat you in an actual fight. Um. So yeah, yeah, fifty. I I don't know because how much is your ego going? They're dumb twelve year olds.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: A uh, hundred.
0: You hit to, you hit to damage on the first punch, right? And you then you to. use their lifeless body when you knock them out. Matrix style? Hit, yeah, just to hit everybody. Because this, this is fantasy, right? This isn't real. Yeah, this, this is fantasy.
1: You're, just, you're surrounded by Agent yeah. Smith.
0: There's no mothers of these kids around no. here who are alive. They of that were
1: thing. created in a laboratory <laughs> for this specific scenario. They didn't have a birth. They just came out at 12 years old ready to rumble. They don't have a personality. They're just right. there to get punched.
0: Well, because they're so, they're still softer at twelve, so True. you can you can just
1: yeah. bam. They right. don't have the muscles.
0: Right, right. You got to go. You
1: okay? I, it was a, a alarm, a reminder about something.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, boom, twelve. Yeah, at least. But now maybe maybe thirty tops, tops. Because I'm out of shape. But in my in my in my day, at least eighty.
1: Well, you did give yourself a range of thirty to fifty, so. Yeah, well, you're allowing yourself a twenty kid leeway in there.
0: Well, you get that spike, that old man strength, and you get that spike, but then as soon as you get that spike, you go crashing right down. So yeah, maybe I'll get to fifty, but that spike, and then I'm done.
1: I think no? old man strength is somewhat a myth unless you've been using it every day, type of. <laughs> It's the old construction worker mechanic that has old man strength.
0: That's true. That's a fair point. That's, that's not the guy sitting in front of a camera talking about shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you don't have
0: strength. I do have strength, you, but yeah, right. But the type of strength that we're talking about, yeah,
1: uh, it only exists. You know,
0: maybe you're right because, like, once you hit a certain age, you start to you know damage your shoulders with one punch. So well, maybe
1: you can't hold that. You'd be easily. slowing down a little. bit. Yeah. If you have any previous injury <laughs> history, it, it creeps up quick on you. These 12 months don't have that. Nope.
0: You make they that, never that one twist <laughs> and your knee is done. You make that one twist and your uh-huh. knee is done. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, there's uh there's our separate uh, top 10 lists of movies about old Hollywood. A lot of fun revisiting some of these. Hope you all enjoyed that as well. Now we're going to compile these things. I've got my bongos or the bango with the bongos, our bongos
1: right here. Uh,
0: so we are ready to go.
1: With one of time one, I would say LA Confidential two. Uh, okay, sure. Um, you have Edward where? Eight. Three, eight. Barton Fink was nine or ten? Ten. And you had who framed it four. So four, five. Hmm. Seems like the next spot to go then for Hmm. who framed at number three. Okay,
0: I'll accept it. But then Singing in the Rain at four.
1: (sighs) Uh, So then... Ed Wood, I would guess, would go next. Okay. Let's see. Ed Wood... What about quiz show? Aviator?
0: What about quiz show?
1: We both have that at six now, right?
0: Right, right. And good uh, night good luck.
1: Yeah, but that's lower okay. than every other commonality we have, which is okay. Barton Fink, quiz show. Where'd you have Aviator? Five. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. Okay, so I, I would. Aviator goes next. Okay. And. Show them. I think um, probably good night don't have any other commonality at that point so what's your next highest available I have my nine
0: hey. um, me too Hollywood land Right, because we put Ed Wood, Good Night, Look Quiz Show, the A.B.R. Frame Roger Rabbit, L.A. Confidential, yeah, well, Hollywood Land.
1: Would you give me Hail Caesar? Since you got singing in the rain on that way, we both have one of our sing- singulars represented. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's sure. That's the we have in common.
0: That's fine. I've tried that argument before, and you've made me flip. But I'll be the gentleman, and
1: I, uh, I'd allow I'd like you to have it. And that, and then I'll agree to that. Unless you have no proof, baseless accusation. <laughs> there, it's not a baseless accusation. Okay, give me proof. I'm not out here. Uh, then it's a baseless accusation. Oh, Today, oh, I see. There is a polarity to this. It's either one or the other. And without proof, it is for you, unfortunately, the other. <laughs> it's convenient. So it's a baseless this. accusation.
0: All right. Uh, every single fan out there is listening to us. Send in multiple examples of Matt uh, oh, doing this.
1: Let's go right ahead. Yes, please.
0: Go right ahead. As part, I think we had one in the last few weeks, but we'll see. All right, uh, let's. Yeah, please send them in. Put it on the Facebook page or, or tweet at us, uh, and clip out the clip. Clip out the clip where it happens. Um, are we ready? Yes, sir. All right. The top ten movies about old Hollywood. Yeah. At number ten,
1: Hail Caesar. At number nine, Good night and good luck. At number eight, Barton Fink.
0: At number seven, Quiz Show. At number six, The Aviator. At number five, Ed Wood.
1: At number four, singing in the rain. At number three, Roger Rabbit. At number two, LA Confidential. And our number one movie battle Hollywood is Once Upon a Time
0: in Hollywood. Yeah, it's in the title. We had to put it on the list. What's a great uh, – well, that's a great list. A lot of good movies talked about. Uh, we had a lot of common. Almost all our movies uh, were pretty much the same, except for a couple differences. So, you know, go and enjoy those movies if you haven't enjoyed them before. Uh, Matt, what do we have to tell them as we wrap up the show here?
1: Um, so we're still working on the scheduling for um, the round two of Golden Ticket, but that's yep. on the horizon. It is coming. Um, so it, it'll probably be another – what week after you hear this or the week after that is when it'll start back up something along those lines, but don't worry, it's coming. Um, And then uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Um, Check out my show, settle the score and go to youtube.com forward slash uh, the top 10 podcast with the number 10 and uh, check us out on YouTube. If you want to, Stare at our uh, beautiful mugs week can
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and if you want to be a part of the Patreon, right above my head there, patreon.com slash the top 10. Or if you're listening to us uh, on the uh, podcast feed, uh, patreon.com slash the top 10, the number 10. Go and see the multiple uh, tiers you can join. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. We need your help. The show needs uh, your help. We need more support. We need more promotion, more everything. Have you left a rating recently? Have you left a review recently? I know we've been doing this show a long time, and we keep trying to revamp it and coming up with new things to keep you guys interested, keep you all listening to us and talking about it. So now's the time to show support for the show. Come and become a patron. Come and be a part of all the perks you get as a patron uh, and uh, Matt and I have been talking about doing some live shows on the, the channel mm-hmm. as a way as a thank you to the patrons. And maybe we'll do a live show and then set aside a separate twenty to thirty minutes where we're just doing stuff for the patrons, and only patrons have access to it. So there's stuff coming down the pike. So now's the time. If you haven't committed, or you've been sitting on the fence, or maybe you just haven't, you know, been kind of lazy to. Now's the time to come be a part of our patron and elevate us up further again. We've been kind of tumbling down. I don't mind admitting that. And I'd like to have us elevate back up again. So whatever we need to do to get your support for us, let us know. But we want your support because we love doing the show every week. And we've been entertaining you all through COVID for the last six, eight months. We're giving you multiple shows every week. That's how much we love you. So, give us some love back in your support every month for the show.
1: That's my pitch. Um, and a beautiful pitch that it was. <laughs> and that was a fastball right down the middle. Hey, um,
0: all right. Well, there it is. So follow Matt at knows. Follow me at The Roca Says. Please, if you don't mind, come over to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. Get involved mm-hmm. there as well. All the stuff I got going on. But this is the show. So, be subscribed to our uh, top 10 YouTube show as well as we're trying to monetize this whole thing and get it together. Um, All right, that's it from us. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Be safe. We know it's crazy out there right now. Please take care of yourself. Any mental health stuff you need to do to kind of be calm and, and, you know, kind of help yourself through all the madness that's going on, please find time to do that and wear yourself a mask so you don't contract this pretty terrible disease where the numbers are spiking up. You know, take care of yourself. We want you around to be a part of our Top 10 crew for a long time. All right, take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next time here on the Top 10 Show.